0: Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Lavin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer people who work in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in the topic. So today's guest is another guest from a power of social media. When you post a lot on like social media, but also you can connect with people who are doing similar things or... Can help you in different ways. One of the key things I was asked for during my apprenticeship was networking, the power of networking, because you never know how that person could help you, but also how that connection could grow you as a person. And you can always tell who that person is. So, Matt, today's guest, follow me, Matt doesn't have a stammer. And and actually, this is the first guest I'm talking to who doesn't have a stammer, who doesn't have any background behind. My story, and I don't know any of his background behind staring So this is gonna be really interesting from my perspective. And over the last few weeks, I've taken up fitness to help with my body confidence, but also having more just sort of getting out of there, having that fitness routine because I always like having a routine. And Matt's been and Matt's been supporting me with my journey, but also he's a very motivational person, and and he's and he's got a podcast himself which I listen to. So Matt, welcome to the podcast.
1: What is going on? I am really, really happy to be here. Thank you for the introduction, man. It is a absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure to be on here. Perfect. So, can you does it tell the viewers who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Hello, everybody. My name is Matt Sloper. I'm the head coach and owner of Carbon Coaching, which is an online fat an online fat loss program for individuals who want to feel stronger and more confident in their own skin without spending hours in the gym. I also run a uh, fitness mindset motivational podcast if you can call it those things called carbon coaching you in your element which gives listeners the tips and tricks that they they need to break out of their plateaus with their training and achieve success
0: and i can so i was listening to some of matt's podcasts and i find it really motivational when i'm just at home working away and i need needing some motivation boots. and there was one that you did about your routine like having a routine and it is sort of okay to break out of that routine when you sort of get because we all get set in our own ways of like having routine and like we all get comfortable in our own routines and we sort of get scared of changing it
1: what Absolutely. sort
0: of what are your thoughts on like having that routine change but also pushing yourself to outside of your routine or like pushing pushing yourself to outside your comfort zone
1: I guess it all comes down to what you want to achieve at the end of the day i think routine is a fantastic thing and it's the nature of the business in everything we do we i think i know the episode you're talking about it's uh the one where i said i bet you have a shower and after you've had the shower you dry yourself you dry your body in exactly the same order every single morning i guarantee it's routine it's habit and these routines and habits that we uh, adapt with um make out who we are so if you're not currently in a position in your fitness where you want to do something about it, then there's part of your habit or part of your routine, which isn't conducive to you being near that goal or achieving that goal. And at that point, you kind of got to step back and go, hold on a second, something needs to change here and then introduce a new element into your habits or into your routines. I remember that.
0: And it is really weird, because coming back from the office, I was going to Waterloo. And when I got to Waterloo, I thought, if I thought about it, I, I did not think about this journey once. I just knew exactly what road to turn down, what crossing to cross, everything, without even thinking about it because it was, it was just so stuck in my ways. So if you have a have a road works or like a, something that, that we can't go to, that changes our, our routine, we all just stop. And we think, wait, we <laughs> we just, all like everything, like I know exactly what, what, what door to go to, like a plat- what place on the platform, because it is just that that routine that we've built in ourselves that we do not we do it without even thinking about it.
1: It's so true, it's so true. And then when something jumps up, which kind of f- throws things out of whack, out of sync, all of a sudden we, we have a moment where we go, okay, hold on a sec, I need to engage my brain for a second and think about how I'm going to continue with my journey in that, in the, in that situation or, or do something else. And coming back to people's fitness, I think that routine is comfortable. And when something comes up that throws you out of whack, maybe your train's canceled or the, you've missed the last train uh, if you're commuting. All of a sudden you go into panic mode because you don't know how you're going get to get home. But when it comes down to your fitness, you think, oh God, well, I'm so used, I'm so comfortable doing what I'm doing. It's actually a really scary step or a scary idea to do something different because I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's uh, one of the main things that happens in there.
0: Okay. So sort of to, so I want to talk to you about stammering as you don't stammer one of the key things for me is to talk to people on the podcast I talk to people who stammer to share their stories and their experience I talk to people who work in the staring field so it could be a speech and language therapist but also a so very important perspective which people forget about is talking to people who don't stammer because one of the biggest fears or like one of the biggest thoughts is how other people react if they don't stammer but we'll cover more of that but what do you know about the topic
1: Uh, Thank you for asking. I actually went away and did a little bit of homework because I I have my ideas and what I thought. And I just, I obviously wanted to make sure that I was saying things that were were true. And and my ideas weren't things that I'd just come up with in my head. And obviously it's a a speech condition that can come from usually one or two places. It usually manifests uh, in childhood when the body is developing and learning and learning speech patterns or alternatively it can happen as a side effect of a trauma of some description and that can obviously happen at any point in your life something such as a, a stroke for example uh, and it's a lot more common in men yeah from what i've read and really a lot more common which uh i genuinely didn't know until i actually went away and did a bit of homework on this myself
0: really yeah i think it's one in four so i think it's one girl to every four boys who's done and there's 70 million people in the whole world who stammer and I so I know the UK has 1.5 million people so it's roughly a 1 in 100 if you're in a room and when I was doing my TEDx I to get the crowd sort of going and I said "Can everyone? so if my theory if 70 million people in the world have a stammer and 1.5 million people in the UK you, you, you can see how stuck this speech is stuck into my head uh, and you can still basically <laughs> recite it but I said can everyone stand up? So my first question was, if you know someone who, so, someone who stammers, stay standing and if you don't sit down, majority went down. And then I said, if you yourself have a stammer, stay standing and if you don't, sit down. There were 200 people in that room and 200 people were still left standing when I said that question. And one of the biggest things is that it's way more common, despite it being like a unique area, it's, it's much common than you expect because, like, lots of people have a family member who's done with, or like have a work colleague who's done with, but actually the stats are quite small, but also because it's not really spoke, spoke, spoken about on TV. And one aspect that I didn't realize was that it's quite common in twins because twins ah. form that twin language, that way that they communicate to each other. And actually sometimes that can help with a stammer, but also from a so I had my stammer from childhood. But I had Drew Lynch, who was a AGT comedian, he came second. He got he didn't have a stammer. He had a had a, a he, he had a sporting accident, had a had a brain injury. And since then he's had a stammer, a really bad stammer. And, and he's now now a comedian who talks about, but he went from never having a stammer to basically, basically knock on his head and then he's caused his damage. And like no one can see like how that has happened. But also with Ed Balls, he didn't realise that he had his had damage until he was 40. Mm. When Ed realised that he had his damage, his dad realised that he had one too when he was <laughs> 70. Wow. So it it's one of those topics that I think you'd be surprised by how many people you may know But sort of, do you know people with a stammer?
1: You know what? It's something I hadn't thought about until you reached out to me. And actually, I think when we started talking, it's got to be a couple of months ago, at least now. And then we moved on to broaching the topic about me coming on here and having a chat with you. And then I got thinking about it. And there is actually someone I interact with a couple of times a week because he's a client of one of the PTs at my work um, who does have a stammer. And I had just genuinely never thought about it, and I'm be really I'm excited to talk a little bit about him a bit later on. But I had never thought about it because I'll be honest with you. Well, I just never noticed it. Uh I mean, I I I can't say I I didn't notice it, but it just it it isn't a thing in my eyes at all. So when I when you broached the subject of having coming on here, I thought about it and I was like okay i i do actually have someone i interact with and i can talk about it to a to a degree especially in my industry which i think is makes it even more relevant
0: yeah and i think i've had a few guests who like have a, who are from like the sporting sector or or, or they work in the fitness field like i had jordan who's the, who works at the liverpool women's football team and and he's a football um he basically Helps watch their game the, the performance aspect, and I said to him, "How does because you're talking to like the mm-hmm. team all the time?" I was like, "How does your stammer affect that?" And he and he was like, "In certain situations, it's fine, but also there's so many people, famous people who stammer that you wouldn't realise that have had it all, whereas people you wouldn't really expect to stammer when you think of them as a public figure, like Marilyn Monroe." You would have no idea that she had this stammer, but her famous breathy tones, Stormzy, makes uh-huh. you realise that he never does any media appearances of that sort of his stammer. But also, that's interesting that you never thought about it until you thought about it.
1: Yeah, correct. Absolutely.
0: Because I, I my first line to my line manager at work was that like, I just say no, I do have a stammer. Nothing to worry about. It's just the way how I speak. And and then she was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But like, you can tell when someone's thinking about it. And like, that's the hard bit for me is when I'm conscious of someone who is aware of it because I'm always aware of what's going through their head when I'm stammering because their eye contact, you know how you can just see what people are thinking just through their eyes, like uh-huh. just little twitches. You can just see what they're thinking. And I've only started noticing that more and more, and I've started to take a step back from not- from sort of noticing that. But I'd love to talk about what you do. So as we mentioned, we so we've spoken over social media about fitness motivation, but also getting into like a routine and sort of seeing not how not how physically beneficial. having a workout routine is but also how mentally but also it changes your aspect and uh, but but this changes your perspective on different situations could you tell tell the viewers a bit more about what you do but also what motivates you
1: 100 percent, i'd love to thank you so what i do is i i started off as a personal trainer well i'm gonna be if i can be really vulnerable for a second with you yeah I spent 8 years working in hospitality. I managed private members clubs in the UK. I managed private managed private members clubs over in New York. And in that industry I actually developed a uh, a pretty serious drink and drug problem. And 8 years in that industry I think a lot of people who can probably who can probably relate um it is unfortunately very conducive with that line of work and I got to a point where I was in an incredibly bad place, not to put too dark a point on the matter, but something had to change and something had to change very, very quickly. And back then, the only thing I was really doing aside my work and my partying, let's call it that for keeping it PC, um, was a little bit of gym work. I was just going to the gym. I really didn't know what I was doing back then, but it made me feel good for a little bit of the time. And it kind of made me feel like I was balancing out maybe some of the, the, the bad things I was doing to myself alongside it. Now, I realized that I needed to stop all of that behavior because it put me in a really, really dark place. And because of that, I just left that industry. Cold turkey, I left that industry. I decided to give up drinking. I gave up an eight-year career, which I was incredibly successful in. And I just decided to start new. And I thought, well, the only thing that I'm doing that's making me feel good on the side is exercise and fitness. So why don't I try doing exercise and fitness? Why don't I try helping people? in this way, instead of helping people to continue to get drunk and party. And I felt like that was a pretty good transition. I don't know if I was trying to balance out the scales of my own karma, but here we are uh, five years down the line, having changed industries. And it's a very, very different place for me to be sat here talking to you now, as opposed to the individual who would have been sat here, who wouldn't be sat here because we never would have crossed paths uh, five years ago. So what I do now is I work with individuals from all across the world Um, I train clients in person. So uh, I I have a very select group of people that I I train still one-to-one in person here in London. And the majority of my clients are actually overseas and I train them through my own fitness application. So we still talk in the same way. The beautiful thing about lockdown is it has made um, virtual training and communication very normal. And it gives us this ability to work with individuals all across the world, which is fantastic. My main thing when it comes down to the work that I do is helping people cut their way through. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm staying clean for you on this episode. So I'm choosing my words very, very carefully. will (laughs) help people cut through the rubbish of the fitness industry and try to find the actual truths that are out there, because I'm going to be really honest with you for a second, dude. There is a lot of money in marketing. Uh, You know that there is a lot of money in marketing. And when it comes down to fitness, people buy trends and trends aren't necessarily the best thing for you when it comes down to your fitness and understanding your body and i try to break down a lot of the stigmas there are around certain aspects of training and nutrition and just give people the very honest truth um, and allow them to make their own decisions and give them free information that they can start to implement for themselves and I think that's probably one of the, the main things that I I take great pleasure in is debunking some of the fitness myths that are out there and giving people just the basic facts, because I do feel like an awful lot of people kind of don't possess the knowledge or the education that we have received over the years allows them to make the right choices with food, or they don't understand the benefit or the, the necessity to move every once in a while. So that's kind of the information that I put out there. And that, that, the majority of my clients are people who maybe didn't have any idea about what they needed to do for themselves or they are also equally coming from a dark place like i did an episode where i spoke about my story and my transition from into sobriety and the amount of people that reached out to me because they were also going through their own problems and they were in a dark place as well and they they it resonated with them like I actually, I broke down on that live stream on that episode because it was, came from such a such a such an honest place full of emotion. And the amount of people that reached out because I didn't realize how many people also were going through this thing and they were looking for something to replace that. So kind of motivating people in that way. And you ask about what motivates me. Being on this right now because of how we met is what yeah. motivates me. The fact that we can go online and we can tell our stories and we can, Put out content or put out information that somewhere on, okay, we're in the same country, but someone from the other side of the world can view from how, who knows, through the algorithms, can pick up some of the information that you talk about. And if that touches them in the right way, they can change their lives based off of something you've said from a person they've never met before. And that is so powerful and so inspiring. That is what motivates me. You know, I continue to put information out there. I keep continuing to have conversations with people. And when somebody turns around and says, hey, Matt, um, I, I listened to this episode and, you know, this really touched me or um, hey, Matt, I, I started doing my own meal prep and I've lost f- this weight that I wasn't able to lose before and I've saved a bit of money or I started walking, uh, making sure I get my steps in for the day and I feel just so much more energized and I feel like myself again. That hits you. That hits you really, really deep. And all the time that the work that I do continues to have that impact on people, I'm not stopping.
0: I absolutely love it. And then I think there's certain things that I can completely relate to because I think when we do something that's hit home, like when we've gone through something that you feel like at the time you're the only person who's who, who's going through it. And I'm going to get it quite deep now as well. Because when you having a thing that's quite a unique thing like having a stammer you do feel like you're the only person out there but also the only people who you surround yourself with and like you're very conscious about who you surround yourself with because you're very careful like you sort of select them because if they are understanding and it's really and one of the things is like people are like why why would you want to do like public speaking like surely like, ha- having a stammer like you would hate public speaking it's like but no, because it motivates me because I know that I'm not meant to be doing it. So it's my, sort of my own challenge. But also one of the things that touched me the most when I get just the odd person message me and go, I, I come across your stuff and it, it's really inspired me. And one of the stories that, and I always say this, is that I, I had a gentleman from Nepal reach out to me just on a random day. was at the office and I clearly remember reading his message because it said, Hi, I I come across your content. I am really struggling with my stamina. Please can you cure me? And a cure is a very, very big word. And I sorry, I can't cure you, but what I can do, I am no medical professional, but what I can do is just offer advice from everyday situations. And I've been fortunate to have therapy. And I know like in your country, like you, you're not as fortunate to have like the resources that we have. And we were having a really deep conversation. And he was telling me that he left uni and he hadn't been able, been able to get a job for around six years because of his stammer. Like every single job interview was just saying, no, you're we don't, we want someone who's fluent. And then I said to him, do you tell him that you stammer? Because the more you say something like you own it, the less of your mindset, I and mean, the less you will actually do it. Yeah. And it's like with... The gym, so if you think that you won't be able to lift that heavy, well, I've realized it, if I tell myself I'm gonna be able to lift that heavier weight, my brain would be like, No, I can't do it. But, but, but if my PT goes right, we're moving up the next weight, no, no choice, we're moving up, and then you you don't, you're not really thinking about it. So I said, Don't think about it and own it, just make sure it's you. And he was telling me some really deep stuff, and when I was like, I oh, hope this is quite, was I. I well I need to be careful now of how deep he was going into and 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 he said to me and it still can still you know how you can just picture certain things like a certain message he said I can't tell you how much your advice has changed my life so 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 I value your advice like a diamond you are like a god to me and some reason it was literally just like it's powerful. Yeah. So powerful. But also from but also what hits me is when I get so when I did my radio four thing with Michael Rosen, at the time I, I knew how big like Michael Rosen was, didn't fully understand the scale of how big he was. And when we when we there you go. Nice. And when we recorded, so when I recorded with him, the podcast was really deep, and actually it, it was a really good, interesting perspective of the conversation. And when I posted about it, he he retweeted it. My Twitter's never blown up like the time when when Michael Rosen retweets retweet literally. And then it it went live, so I got an email saying, "Your your your episode is being aired on Radio Four at four p.m. on this day which is prime time slot on Radio 4, which I knew it was big, but not fully understood. Like, and when it went out, so I was out like, to my team, right, I, I, but I, no one called me in this time because <laughs> <so> I'm basically <laughs> listening to myself on that time. And the response from it was insane, but also I had so many people message me going, oh, I'm listening to your Radio 4. I, I am 50. I've never been comfortable within my stomach, and now I'm coming. So I think, you're right, when someone reaches out to you, and tells you that's when it means the most, and like, what hits me is when a parent reaches out to me, like, that's what touches me massively, but it does show us, like the power of a message, but also, the whole, I was talking to someone about, me we were was sort of laughing about like, the whole conversation around mental health, like, have the conversation, but actually, people who stammer, Oh, they are afraid to have that conversation because of how someone will be between and like we always go to our comfort people who we surround ourselves with but also it's good to talk about a situation to someone who doesn't know and that's when it's hard because like, it's like have that conversation and that's what fascinates me.
1: It is really really powerful I think that I think one of the things that you just touched on there is that we all have self-limiting beliefs in so many parts of our life. And obviously as somebody who, who has a stammer, I imagine that there are self-limiting beliefs about what you'll be capable of doing and things oh, yeah. to, gotcha. to go along that. Um, uh, as Somebody who doesn't have a, stamina, a stammer, we have our own self-limiting beliefs in so many other aspects of yeah. our life as well. I mean, we all do. Right. Yeah. And what you said about actually confronting it and owning it and talking it into existence and, until that happens i think it is very hard if not impossible to push past it
0: yeah and i feel like with lots of things was saying to my one of my closest friends and like we 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 just by accident have the deepest chats and and then i said at one point sort of last year i was i've changed as a person so i wanted to surround myself with people but my mentality had changed around like people who I wanted to be with. And I was at a stage where a, a say, crack, and I was at that stage of the, so the middle bridge of a crack, not really knowing what way to go. And so I, one aspect for my brain was like, stick to safety, stick to things that you know. It may not be the best thing, but you know it. But also the other aspect was saying, push yourself. The more confident you are, but also the more self-belief you are. And it's, made, and, and it's made and and it's maybe the happiest I've ever been because it's like becoming more confident and what I didn't realize at all and is the mindset because we all have things in our head that we think actually we need a routine in our life we need to have things that are actually like a big difference to, to push ourselves and one so last October the charity who I work Ashley with Action Staring Children. They reached out to me. Bear in mind I'd never ran at all. They said, we've got a place in the London Landmarks half marathon. Would you like one of the slots? even I didn't even think about saying no. I was like, you know what, <laughs> do it. Let's just do it. Because it's that routine of like the training routine of putting yourself. And I hadn't ran before. Think, think, think I gave my director, who's a runner, a heart attack, saying about my first run, my, my first main run is going to be a half marathon. And when I was doing the training, I was doing, you know, having that routine of like the days I was working from home would be the days where I'd be practicing. And then I'd do park run every Saturday. And it was fascinating. So I thought we'll just run, not really someone who cares about like timings or like the finish round. But straight away, you sort of get, you push yourself. Like when you see yourself at one time and then you get a better time, you're like, oh, I can beat that. And it's always like, good to do it you see like you see that difference in like the timing but also it takes your mind off things because you're focusing on that and it was a few weeks before i, I actually did a half marathon so I, so I got my 5k down to 27 minutes and did my carfin on my legs and my mind was saying you can't you won't be able to run the whole way because of your car and but I think my brain was adding more pain to like my calf of thinking oh, I'm able to do it, did it, thinking I'll run the first 5k and then I'll just run more, run depending how I go, run the whole way. Some reason my brain was because of like the power of like the support of like all the crowds and still I'm not sure how I did it, but it was like that support, I'm at, but having that routine of the training schedule. And it felt great, like, having that fitness aspect, like, you do feel so much better about yourself. Like, when you've done a workout, you feel like like you've done something. Like, sometimes, like, you do things like, yeah, I've done it. Okay, that's good. But actually, a, you can actually see the difference. Like, when you do a workout, you can see a difference. And one day, so, so I was like, oh, i join the gym one day, maybe do some weights, but never really push myself to do it. One day, I just thought, you know what, let's just do it. Did did my, signed up to my local gym and I found my PT. Imagine I reached out to you, was this like, you've inspired me to sign up to a gym, go PT because I'm a complete gym novice. And I've been doing it for around six weeks now, or around that time. And I've seen a massive difference in, in that, within my mental health, but also more confident in different areas. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, firstly, do you know how amazing it is for me to sit here? And I could, I could say what you've just said. And for a lot of people, they would switch off because guess what? That's what I do for work. You would expect it to come from me. I, you'd expect me to say, hey, if you're going to go work out, you're going to feel better. But as somebody who has just started saying those things, for everybody who's listening, it's true. Like yeah. that's how it works. Yeah, the brain. The brain literally releases endorphins as a reward, a little pat on the back for going and doing a workout. That's just how the body works. But to answer your question, I think us as society, we don't really take enough time for ourselves. We genuinely don't. We we work very long hours, usually for somebody else. Uh, when it's our own business, um, or we're doing something on the side, such as you're you're, you're a stand ambassador, you do run your podcast. What it, what I do. Um, because we're working on ourselves we, we we're putting so much time and attention into our business in that respect that or maybe even we just facilitate all of the needs of the people around us because we are we're people pleasers and we like helping other helping individuals out um but we don't really take a lot of time for ourselves and to give our own fulfillment and I think that when you do go to the gym and you spend an hour an hour and twenty minutes forty five minutes half an hour whatever it is it's it's an opportunity for you to spend time with yourself and be working on bettering yourself. And for that, for that time period that you're in there, nothing else matters. I mean, it's great. You see a lot of people, they put their headphones on, they kind of zone into their own space, but for that time you are, it's just you. And I think that is so important. I think there's an analogy that I use about filling up your cup. And if you've got a glass of water and you imagine that you're, every time you go out of your way to help somebody else, or you take on a burden of somebody else's emotional strain, we all do it. It's part of the empathetic nature of the majority of us out there. We pour a little bit more water out of our cup every single time. And then when it comes down to us needing to take a sip, there's nothing left for us because we're, we're, we're not doing things that refill it and spending that hour, 45 minutes, half an hour in the gym, working on yourself is almost a way of kind of refilling your energy, refilling your cup so that, you don't burn out so that you feel good in yourself i um, think a lot sorry
0: just sort of to add to that and like it's your brain's just sort of focused on what you're doing because like, like, like you're thinking about well i i've done this amount of reps and i think your brain is like and plus it's just time to yourself like you know, i mean it's you time for you just to focus on yourself but because you don't have any brain capacity to to at that moment you think about other people it's just you're just working on yourself.
1: There are there. I'm gonna offer an alternative to that, to that as well. I don't know if you okay. When you're training, you're yeah. for the most part you're training with your trainer, and yeah. now you're starting to go in on your own. Yeah. Have a look next time you're training, and you'll see a lot of people who uh, equally as much time are working on themselves as they are with their phone in their hand replying to emails and stuff like yeah. this. Now I get it. Like this is, comes back to us being so switched on with everything we do and work all the time, but. When you're intentional with your work in terms of the gym and you fully say, Hey, this is my hour. Nobody's interrupting me in my hour. Okay. I get it. We have serious jobs. Sometimes we have to answer messages. It happens, but you're like, this is my time. And you leave the phone aside. All you do is you have it to play your music. Then you are really in your element in that respect. That's amazing. Um, But sometimes that still filters in and the people who are then half in intentional with their, their training and half still, they have their mind elsewhere. They don't get the same, uh, high uh, I use that word in a, a natural way uh, from doing the exercises uh, like you've been experiencing
0: um so, so sort of leaning to my next question now and I think it sort of links in together one one of the biggest things about like sports fitness around my area and plus around staring around that area is that it hasn't really been looked into because I think people see that area as not needing to worry about having a summer but actually it is quite common, like, you got Ty, Tiger Woods, the golfer, he he has a stammer, Shaquille O'Neal, the basketball player, he has a stammer, but also more, so many different sports people have a stammer. But also, you look at some of those people, they're in the team sport, and actually, that still requires your voice, like, you still have a stammer, and I think some people may be putting them aside, like, oh, I I don't really like doing team sports, because they may, because, in like, the pressure of, like, if I need to shout to my teammate, my stomach may mess up at that moment. And actually, when I normally I tell every single person who I work with that I have a stammer, and I realised that I never mentioned it to my PT. I never told him on the call because I I just felt confident enough. And and I sent him one of the VOBBC things, and he saying, I honestly had no idea, and and it was weird. I <laughs> normally I mentioned it, so where about some reason. With him, I I just never mentioned it. But I think because I I guess in my attitude of like, Jim, I only really need to mention her because we'll just be technology and workouts. Imagine you're still talking to your trainer in that time frame.
1: A lot, yeah. But Do you know why?
0: I'm not sure. Like it's just really weird how like my brain like certain situations I mention it like straight away, but sometimes I'm just like, if I can sense a person. Yeah, because I, I think because I've encountered so many people, so I, I can sense it. And I think sometimes I when I don't need to mention it, I still mention it. <laughs> but for some reason I never mentioned it to him. And but it really but I it hadn't played that I hadn't mentioned it to him. And then when I sent him this thing, he, he was like, I'm I would have no idea. And I was like, Oh, didn't I mention it to you? Because that's normally my attitude. And he's like never mentioned it at all but sort of back to team team sports so like that sort of encounter what would you say what are your thoughts on that like there's so many team sports and you like you're going back and like the pressure in the moment but also like you're going i'm not a sporty person but like pass the ball or, like that's sort of, like you're you're in intense pressure and sometimes in my case my stamina is and i like, in intense moments i
1: um it's it's interesting because I. haven't been in that position myself before um i i I don't coach teams and i'm sure that there's got to be uh some sort of system they have in place to facilitate that i'd be very surprised if there wasn't um because obviously as you've said you know that could be a real problem in the the heat heat at the moment and somebody needs to get some information across and shout from one side of the pitch to the other for whatever reason uh i can definitely see how that could that could be an issue I think when you get to sports at a very high level and a very high professional level, especially in team sports, there is a certain a uh, certain sense of chemistry between all the players that are there that is built off of the pitch. Yeah, And that chemistry allows you when you are in the heat at the moment in the game to almost have a sixth sense of where people are going to be moving to, what direction they might take on the run or how they are thinking. Actually, without saying anything at the same time, and I do think that that's probably a chemistry that is built over over months or over years before the actual game. No matter what what profession that is, but again, it's hard to it's hard to know it's it's hard to know what or how they um yeah they go about coaching that.
0: Plus, it makes you wonder as well. Like, would you tell your coach but not your other like your team? But would you? Would you sort of? separate you or like would you try and separate yourself and not mention it in fear of not because I think the biggest fear is like when you mention something you're afraid of you're in fear that you may be kicked off of actually like your team will react different in certain situations Mm -hmm. now I I had a guest on the podcast who in Saudi Arabia she was she had a stammer and her manager would let her be client facing she they Mm -hmm. they hide her they hid her from like presentations for like meetings because of her stammer, and then they 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 tried to, to discipline her because of her stamina and they have a hr and she left the company because it was toxic but it makes you wonder because you're always conscious about how people would react in that
1: situation if i can if i can say just on the on on the side of sports people at professional levels yeah the reason why i don't think it's an issue at all is because you are there based off of your skill yeah you're based off of your actual ability and the stuff that comes on the side do you know how many uh, professional footballers if you've ever listened to a post-game interview especially most i'm gonna say most i don't mean all of them post-game interviews from some of the uh, footballers on the england team they are terrible at speaking uh, 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 without a stammer no yeah um so it comes down to somebody's actual ability and i think that however cutthroat people's opinions might be at times, none of that matters because they look past it at what you're doing and what you're capable of.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things that I want to try and get across is that they're not judging, you're, you're not judged because of, of a way, no one should be judging you because of a way that you see and if they are, that's the wrong place that you're in because they really need to be judging you as a person and your skills and what you're capable of rather than saying that, you can't help and i think because that's the biggest setback is i think people have si- certain situations or like they they encounter certain things and they're like no i can't do that because of my stuff like i won't do that job because i know that myself will affect it No, can you do that job would you like to do that job that is it that is the word it. and 100%. it's like have a what is stopping you from doing that project or like what is stopping you from doing that to to give yourself a reason to say yes, right? Give yourself a reason to say no rather than give yourself a reason to say yes.
1: 100%. I love that. I absolutely love that.
0: And sort of bring down the the, the vibe of the episode, but it is something that I ask all my guests, but also it's very curious for me to ask someone who doesn't stand what they would do in a situation. So, as you may or not be aware, the stats around stammering and the stigma is shocking. It's still sounded one of the only things that people feel comfortable laughing about. Twenty-seven percent of Brits think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer, in a YouGov report, which is absolutely shocking. But also, knowing society as it is, it, it is scary, scarily believable. At the same time, people think it's okay to make fun of your stammer. Like I've had comments of like, "What's wrong with your voice? Why can't why can't you say your own name?" But also. One of the biggest things for people who done it is, pub- is public encounters, like going to a shop or like going to a restaurant and asking for help. And asking for help, you may get people say, oh, hurry up, run their eyes. A few years ago, I had a situation at a tube station. Big Street tube station has many, many platforms. was running late for my meeting, was lost. I asked for help, they said go over there, so I gave it a shot still quite confused because there's no signage at all which is not helpful went back and i said i'm being very british saying i'm very sorry do you mind just giving me do you mean that platform over there and his response was as i already told you at first so you need to cross the concourse go blah 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 he gave me more information the second time and then he told me to ref off he went up because i was nervous and not nervous about running late for sounding quite badly he was rolling his eyes when I was stammering in, in the situation. There were other people around around me. No one came up to me after in that situation to see if I was okay. Made a complaint to TFL. They did absolutely nothing. They, they dropped the case. And, uh, and they didn't even refund my ticket. And ah,
1: that says it all really, doesn't it?
0: So I have a question. It is quite direct but if you were in a situation where you saw someone with a stammer and you saw them not them struggling but you saw someone who they were talking to so if it was like in a shop or in, in a bar uh, I mean you saw them like roll their eyes when they were staring or like saying hurry up there's people behind you what would you do in that situation but also would you go up to that person and talk to them What what would you sort of do in that situation
1: Look, If you've listened to anything that I've said uh, in my own content and it usually comes with a lot more expletives, then I've been very good today. I've been very good on this episode. You know that I am the person calling that person out. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. However, there is a way that I would go about doing it. I'm not just going to jump up. I'm not going to get in anybody's face because if somebody is struggling, then the last thing that they probably need is somebody jumping into the situation and calling somebody out because it probably would make them feel an awful lot worse about uh, about what's happening. Yeah. I think if I was in that position and it hasn't happened before, but I'd like to, uh, I would definitely would believe that this is the way I'd go about it because it does, it it angers me when I see people, nothing is so time sensitive that you can't spend an extra minute or so yeah. listening to somebody. That's the reality here. So it's- I would wait for whatever was being spoken about to kind of finish that person to step away obviously if that person needed help that I could actually help with I'd offer assistance if I saw that they you know were struggling in one way but then I'd confront the individual who was just being a yeah who's being a dick let's be yeah. let's uh, let's say it how it is and just kind of you know if somebody's mocking somebody for absolutely no, for there's no reason there. there's no rationale this is I would give them some baseline education yeah to allow them to be a slightly better individual moving forwards. And that's the nice way I'm going to put it because I said I was going to be nice on, you, nice on your stream. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> and like it is, like it's, it's one of those situations where the worst thing for us, and lots of people will be able to relate to this, is making a scene around our stammer. Because the more you make a scene, we stammer more. And like the worst thing is when people finish our sentences. Because it's like, what is the rush? But also, how do you know what you, what we're going to say? But also, <laughs> what you don't realise is that, so it will make us stammer more, so you'll be there for longer if you finish <laughs> our sentences for us. And it's like, what is that rush? You wouldn't tell an elderly person to hurry up crossing the road, because you wouldn't do that. That's so but true. I, but in society, we hate gaps in our sentences. Like, so if there was a pause in the conversation we feel like we have to fill that gap but actually that gap could be there for a reason for one from one of the people in the conversation and I think but also it's one of those situations that I've had people say it's weird because I'd go up to the person in like the who was making the comments and then I'd do a side chat with a person who was encountering it just to say are, are you okay do I did notice it but also sorry but also depends on like in what the situation is and like if there's a chance to do it as well and 100%. like you would hope that it wouldn't happen but actually it's sort of that thing of worst case scenario how do you sort of come about the situation because i think every situation is different but also the timing of every situation is different but it's like it, so if you're in prep in like rush hour london time there's a there's a queue behind you still don't tell someone to hurry up press them at water because they'll still the person behind you will still be waiting for the next drink to be made it doesn't matter if it'll be 10 seconds later or one minute later give that person their time to speak And But you would be shocked slash saddened by the amount of people who wouldn't feel comfortable going up into public to to order their meal. And I've had moments that I've been like a restaurant or like a bar or like a cafe where I've seen something that I've really want, but I've not gone for that because I've thought, now there's no chance I can say that. Just in thinking that person would never say that even though I know it won't be the case, but also if someone catches me off guard because I always like to prepare everything I'm going to say, like, I, I've been pre-thinking these sentences throughout this whole podcast recording. Now, I I've stammered way more times than you would think I'd have because I've changed my words in my head, but I still see those flip words as me stammering. And it's really weird how certain like, certainly notice it. Some people don't but also just that mindset of, like, actually in that situation, if I do stammer, I stammer. There's nothing I can do about it. And, like, there's a girl on TikTok called Mimi Darling Beauty. She goes through drive-thrus, and she did a drive-thru with her stammer. And going for a drive-thru is a person with someone's nightmare because I'm not talking. Her video, when I last checked, she's now got 3 million followers on TikTok. Her one, this one video went viral around her stammer. And now and now she does amazing sound relating content. That video got over 14 million views, which is incredible. Also, the response on it on social media has been incredible. Has it? Because yeah. I I
1: I here's here's my here's one of my things with social media and stuff like that. I love the fact when people make themselves vulnerable and they own themselves because uh it it gets more eyes on a situation. Yeah, and it educates people. But I feel like sometimes in social media, there is also a lot of people who might follow along for the ride because they find it uh, as comedy. Yeah, And that saddens me, man. That yeah. saddens me so much. I, it's the same in my industry as well. And you see people who take videos of people in a gym that maybe are getting an exercise a little bit incorrect. Yeah. And they post that online to, to, to make fun of them. And then yeah. that clip blows up in the same way, but it's for all of the wrong reasons. And yeah. that actually, that, that makes my blood boil a little yeah. bit
0: see when I see comments, so like there there are there are comedians with a stammer who talk about stammering. Like I get laughing with them is it laughing with a person about a topic. But when it comes up in out in outer situations, like the thing that I hate the most is I can sense it from from my looks if I see a meme regarding a my like, like a helicopter, I know the next clip is going to be someone with a stammer stammering, and that just makes my blood boil. And I've tried reporting it, but because stammer's not spoken about, there's nothing wrong with the video. Despite that video and making fun of someone and making fun of the way that they speak, then they're not taking down the video, or or they're not looking into it, because it's not a situation. Like, memes are memes, like, we can't change things, but also, we're now better in, like, certain diversities, like, how we say certain things, but also, Disabilities and like, neurodiversities and like stammering. <laughs> but like, things like neurodiversity, disabilities, people still think it's slightly okay to make fun of. And like Tasha from Love Island, she she was deaf. And when I saw people were making fun of her deaf voice on TikTok or like, Instagram, that made me fuming because it, it was just like, you're making fun of someone's speech like no one should be made fun of because of the way how how they speak like if a person wears glass some people can fix their things that they're being bullied about by hiding it in like certain aspects but you can't hide your voice and you can't fix your voice so no one should be afraid of not wanting to speak
1: completely completely agree and i think that a lot of the time the people who are possibly the ones that are making fun of or pointing fun at uh, the way somebody speaks they're actually they're, they're hiding some part of their own insecurity and projecting that and that is sad on the individual because yeah. they need to be taking a slightly deeper look inside to see what's really going on
0: yeah definitely but changing like, the direction to more uplifting let's so do it what I like to do is I always like to ask guests especially you don't some but also people who have jobs that require Lots of speaking, and like, you talk to you know, your different clients, you come across different people. And what I would love to know is what advice would you have? Would you give to have? And actually, we've got a, a guest coming on soon. He's a PT, he's Damas. And, and it's going to be really fascinating to start talking to him about his journey of being a PT, he's Damas, but also what advice would you have for someone wanting to become a coach or like a trainer? But they are sort of afraid of how much communication or like, how much in interaction they would have with people, and like how they may not know with their stammer, like how to talk to like, their clients, like should they mention it or like, So not what advice would you have for that person?
1: All right, first thing is first, I would love to see some more people step forward into personal training, who have a stammer it 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 hurts me to think that there are actually people out there who are currently holding back from working in their dream job helping it to inspire motivate other people yeah. because of because of how they speak and but i i get it i get it there's always you know that's one of the, the amazing things that you do is you coach and motivate people to move past it and move through it and work with it uh, one piece of advice i'd offer for anybody who's is listening is just to master your trade and even then keep learning Keep reading, keep studying, and keep implementing all of these things that you learn about. If personal training is the career that you want to go into, keep working on yourself. Become the fittest uh, and and most knowledgeable version of yourself. Because when you get incredible results for yourself, and people see how you have changed physically and mentally, comes along uh, with it down the line. People will see that, and at that point, it does not matter if you stammer, uh, if you stammer, because they're going to sit and they're going to listen yeah. because they want to learn from you 100%. That's the, way, that's the way this industry works. If people see the results that they are dreaming of or you're able to give them the advice or knowledge that they've never been able to achieve on their own, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to tell them how to get there. They are, you're, you have their attention 100%. And personal training isn't easy. And literally nobody when they started had any confidence. I, I didn't. I remember um, uh my first session and I ran it like I was a robot I felt like I was talking out of a textbook if you you know if you ever learn a language in school yeah. and um I remember learning French for years and still can't speak French at all but you speak out of a textbook and then when you go to the actual country you realize uh, it's not the same even a little bit yeah it's the same with PTing. you learn out of a textbook how to deliver a session and then when you come around to doing it it's completely different But it comes with practice. You get better at what you do with practice. And I think that if you're interested in PT and are interested to start learning how it works and and if that is the job that you want to go into and you have a genuine passion for it, ask one of your friends to be your client. Um, Practice with them because that way you can go through all of the motions. You can plan out your sessions. You can deliver a session with no pressure, without any fear of any judgment, And it's going to be a safe space for you to practice and just get better and better. And then I genuinely believe that you won't even think about it down the line. That's kind of where I'm at on the situation.
0: That is very good advice. And I think it's just the key thing is they're not there for the way that you speak. They're there for what you're showing them and then what you can provide. And it's just like, like whatever job you want to do, you should do that job because of the job, not of, like change your attitude and like your mindset. Because That is key. So I like change that perspective of it. But but I do have a question that I ask every single guest, but I go, but I don't give you notice beforehand. When you think of someone who famously stamps, who do you think of? And when you can't use the two the names that I mentioned earlier throughout the recording.
1: Can't think of anyone. Is that
0: shall, bad? I, shall I shout some? Joe Biden. He has his dummer, Winston Churchill, King George from the Kings Beach, um, Ed, Ed Sheeran, he has his dumber, <laughs> Elvis Presley, Nicole Kidman, there's so many people and like Warren Atkinson, he wasn't getting many acting jobs because of his dhamma. and then when he created a well, Mr Bean because it was a non-speaking character and look at how successful that show uh-huh. is now. And so there's so many people out there who are doing big, amazing things, but I don't really expect expect them to have a sound or like Richard Branson, he has dyslexia, has a stammer, but he's one one of the biggest business people in the whole world. Absolutely. And he's, and he's not let it stop him.
1: I think the, the, the line that I read, I think it's one of your taglines, which is that stammer, stammering is your superpower. Yeah. Is that, is that the one that you use? Yeah. Could that be any more true or what? It just, it's, it's a platform for you to do whatever the hell you want because it it's just a self-limiting belief. And you, you have yeah. just rolled off um, a bunch of people who I honestly didn't know um, had a stammer. And again, now I think about it and now I think about them knowing them as individuals or what, knowing them as individuals i don't know them in person but thinking about the works that they do i still don't notice it because yeah. you're focused on what they are bringing to the table or bringing to the screen and it's just it, it's not even a thing
0: so when i was talking to matt beforehand he told me that he had a question that he would like to ask me so matt go ahead what's your question
1: Well, I've got to make it industry specific here. Obviously, I'm here on the show. So I want to ask you, I guess, a two-part question. Firstly, why did you feel the need to start exercising and training?
0: Okay. Well, one of the things for me was having the motivation, but also having the routine. And I think one of the things that I realized was that I... Because of my neurodiverse brain, so I always like having a routine. I I am a very methodical thing. everything I plan is a very plan plan because it's just the way how my brain sort of processes the information. And for me to do a- anything, I need a plan. So if it's for fitness or like if it's for me to meet up with someone, I can't really go. Hold oh, on to meet up this evening because I need a plan in my head to plan because it's like breaking that routine and i I think i think one of the things that was holding me back was the routine that i was already having was like having to change my process or like having my routine like oh but if i do it on that day i won't be home by the office until that time so i should do it on on the days when i'm working from home but actually i thought let's just do it because i i had never been to it before and, and seriously i thought now I'll just go to it and won't really get too fussed by it. Or like it wouldn't really take me by surprise. And what I've realised is that I'm actually now looking forward to going because it's the me time that I have in my opinion, like walking to the gym. I ban myself from driving to the gym. I make myself walk there. But Love as it. a warm-up walk and the and cool-down walk after using my time to zone out but also just focus on what I'm doing and I think because I've always been a walker like I have a limit but if I have the time to walk it in the time that I have I'll walk it and and if I can't walk it in the time that I have I'll tube it if I'm in London so I always walk everywhere like when I went to New York I think I did around 25,000 steps each day I think I caught the subway twice in five days because I just walked So, so I've always been like walking so so I've never been unfit I've always been like motivated to walk but I've always had these sort of that gym stigma of like not knowing anything in the gym like very conscious about and I'm still going when I go by myself in like quieter hours when there's less people because of having that confidence Mm -hmm. in like the gym because i because i've always been very conscious about my outlook like with my stamina like having different learning difficulties i've always been conscious about the outlook of things that i'm doing so like i if i'm doing something new i always like to do it in a quieter setting until i build up my, my more confidence If that makes sense
1: of course it does and i think that you actually did one of the most important things Uh, When you started in this journey for yourself in your fitness journey for yourself, obviously, which if I could turn back the hands of time, I would do the same for me. And this is a huge bit of advice for anybody out there who is listening, who is thinking about getting into their own fitness journey. Um, Hire a professional at the beginning to teach you, show you the ropes because if confidence is the thing that is holding you back from becoming a fitter, healthier, better version of yourself, there is a very, very, very small chance that you'll actually take the step and do it on your own. Yeah. Um, and having somebody there to show you, to kind of to, for you to lean on and yeah. to show you how to do things safely. And that will change everything. There is so many, I, it, it hurts me that that's the one thing that is holding so many people back from starting this is that the lack of confidence is fine because yeah. we don't know what we don't know. So if you are thinking about it, find somebody who can just show you that's the bottom line make yeah. it safe uh, and and over time like you've been doing this for how long you said six weeks yeah and now you're going on your own yeah smash that's it
0: and but it's really weird how like for the years, i'm not sure if i mentioned but i'm moving away for a month as well and i'm really excited but also of like the time difference i'm going to be doing uk hours so it would be like 10 30 to 6 30 and i thought in that time before i went was like see that would be a good time for like me to go to the gym or like have that routine or like building a a new routine in a new city where i am and it's really weird how when that sort of clicked and now i'm going more and more i mean actually i can do i can go but also, because I won't have my personal trainer, it will be me by myself. I, I, so I can build myself a plan where if I go three days a week, during a week, have that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or like that sort of routine before work. So it sort of feels like I've got my UK routine, but not in a whole new area.
1: I think I, I absolutely love that. And you'll find that you're about to shake up your entire world by moving elsewhere and yeah. having to do a completely new routine but and you're you're saying oh you're gonna to have to find a new routine with your training actually i disagree i feel like the fact that you're going to be training is going to be you still having your routine yeah. from here and that is going to ground you and yeah. you can take that anywhere in the world and then you're going to branch out and you're going to build your routine around that and that is so freaking powerful
0: yeah and so um, And i think for for the listeners like what I want to show is like how how every episode is different, and, how, and like how every guest is different, but also how every guest who I talk to has their own story, but also has their own way of showing actually you can be a coach and have a stand-up. you can be a jour- journalist and have a stumble, you can be a be be a be a famous person and have a stumble, but actually it doesn't let you, And the topics may vary in different episodes, but also they all relate to the same thing, like having that confidence to do it. And I think the biggest thing in, like your stammer, is having that confidence to do it. And I think talking about motivation, like, I, like I was talking to Nina, who was a fellow today speaker at my event. She's sales, but like, she's very mo- mo- motivational about being your unique person. And I think that's actually a key area, like being motivation, confidence. And I think well, one of the things to help your confidence is also using your own confidence first and then pushing yourself even more
1: when you feel good in your skin and this is like here is the big overlap from physical and mental uh, and when you feel good in your own skin and that comes from doing things that better yourself when you fuel your body with good food we are what we eat let's be re- realistic yeah. so if you eat crap you're gonna feel like crap Let's, let's say it how it is but when you're doing things to power, empower yourself and better yourself and you such as going to the gym like you're now experiencing you're going to hold yourself in a different way within a matter of i don't know days within a week because you'll feel like a newer version of yourself and i i, I think that if if, it, if this is the point that you're getting at is that when you feel stronger in who you are yeah does that affect you in a positive way I and guess, it just definitely. you, amazing. Like that, that's that is the that is the reason why i do this job that's yeah. the reason why i do this because if you can the same way that you empower individuals with what you do if i can sit here and i can motivate somebody to find that from within organically dude we won yeah
0: amazing well, well i've got one last question but i that I ask every single guest is to round up the episode if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer, what would they be?
1: All right. So if you don't stammer, my three, pieces of, uh, uh, my three pieces of advice would be, number one, be patient. Because nothing, I know I've said it already, nothing is so time sensitive or important for you to go and do that you can't wait for somebody to finish their sentence. Period. The second thing is listen to what people are saying. <clears throat> excuse me listen to what people are saying not how it is being said the message is no different to someone who doesn't have a stammer having having a conversation with you nothing changes and uh, number three don't interrupt anyone because it's frustrating enough i'm sure uh, as someone as someone who doesn't stammer it's frustrating enough if somebody interrupts me like i get that um, so I just imagine how frustrating it would be for someone who is really concentrating and having to put in a bit more effort into, uh, finishing a sentence. I think that would be the three pieces for someone who doesn't, uh, and what, sorry, what was the other, the, the other so, question? So
0: three pieces of advice for people who do stammer, uh,
1: three pieces of advice for someone who, who does, um, own it. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, excuse me. Own it. Yeah. Um, I, I love your tagline that it's your superpower um if you are if there is any uh, if there is any field that you want to go into please don't let it be the thing that defines you because the world has so many opportunities for people to do whatever the hell they like if they put their mind to it and in today's age you can learn and adapt to achieve whatever you want i think the other thing is that people respect you on your skill, your ability, your professionality, and how you handle yourself, uh, how you hold yourself rather. So, you know, how you show up for the job that you want to do and the passion and the energy that you put into it and the knowledge that you bring to the table speaks such a larger volume than the way it is put across. And I think that everybody could I think everybody can take a little bit away from that. doesn't matter if you stammer or not, that if you, if you hold knowledge and you're passionate about the industry that you're in, people are going to listen, period. Mm-hmm. Like you have a, you literally have the superpower, as you say, to get people to stop and listen more intently. Conversation today is just so rushed mm-hmm. and people just want to get on with the next thing. And when people, when you speak and it takes you a little bit longer to get a sentence out, perhaps, Actually, people stop and they listen, and I've actually had some better conversations with this gentleman who trains at the uh, the gym with another trainer that I'm at. Because I we take a little bit longer to have a, a, a conversation, but he has more to say, and I want to hear what he has to say even more. And I think I think that is I think that's really cool. Wow, I
0: absolutely love that. That that has literally just motiv- motivated me for the next week. I literally that last bit. It is so true, though, and it's like, just own it. And like, one, one of the best quotes I've ever seen, and I still stick by it, is that like, a person who's done this has a has chance to teach the world to listen in a whole new way because what you have to say is worth saying twice.
1: I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: It's just true. Well, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and thank you so much for for join, joining me. On on the podcast it's been fascinating talking to you but also actually talking to you as well having our first of conversation but yeah it's been fascinating having you and, and then i'll make sure to include all your links in, in the episode description so thank you for coming on
1: thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure Will, and i wish you all the best especially going away overseas and i look forward to listening to more of your episodes in the future dude
0: thank you and then thank you so much to our, to our listeners for joining us today talking to matt Make sure to keep an eye out on our social media, on Twitter and, and Instagram, where you can see our, what what we're doing, like facts, updates, guests, but also keep an eye out for the next few weeks because we are, we are having our first live podcast event for International Selling Awareness Day. So keep your eyes peeled on that. I'll make sure to include my TEDx called... Stammer is my superpower but also if you have a Stammer make sure to join the My Stammer Stories community which is a Facebook community for people who Stammer from across the world you could be talking to some from the UK or from Zimbabwe you never know but also you have that community which is key and make sure to follow us on TikTok where we're posting everyday situations for life with a Stammer but also mo- mo- motivational quotes and but also snippets from the So so thank you so much and I'll see you next time in two weeks. Bye.